Today on We Here, Meghan Markle and Prince Harry launch a battle royale against the press. Rachel Lindsay from The Bachelorette and her husband Brian join us to dish all about life after reality TV. And Kylie Jenner and Travis Scott are over? Was 2019 Kylie's toughest year yet? Oh my god. We're on page six? No. Uh-huh. No. Yeah. Another divorce splashed across page six. Page six would have a field day. Hey there, I'm Maggie Coglin, And I'm Ian Moore. Welcome to We Hear, the Page Six podcast. We hear all the celebrity dirt from our exclusive sources, and you hear the story behind the story. Hey, Ian. Hey, Maggie. How's it going? Pretty good. You know why? Because no, Adele why? is apparently dating Skepta. Are you? I'm skeptical. Ooh, dad joke. About this relationship. That was very dad humor. Why are you so excited about this, Maggie? I think that within Adele, there are many great pop songs that we just haven't heard yet because she's been sad in her relationships. I feel like, okay, maybe there's a Skepta collab. Maybe there's like a Skepta verse on an Adele song. You know what? That sounds so bad. I have to say, uh, like a rapping on an Adele song. Yeah, but you're talking, you're thinking of Adele of the past. I'm thinking about Adele of the future. Well, the thing is that recording artists right now um, seem to time every breakup and development in their life to like suddenly there's a new single. I, I guess that would be a smart thing. But the, here's the thing that I'm that bums me out a little bit about this. So to get into the story, basically Adele and her husband mm-hmm. Simon Konecki, right, mm-hmm. whose nickname is Swampy, is uh, it? Yeah, um, she broke married up. a guy called Swampy. Well, that's why I. So they they broke they divorced. And they had, they had kept their marriage secret for a while. I think they got married in 2016. And then she announced it at an award show and mentioned, like, my husband. And everyone realized that she was married. But now they've divorced. And there are reports that she's dating Skepta, who, for people who don't know him, he's a British grime rapper mm-hmm. or, like, a forefather of grime. And they apparently were friends for a long time. And he said in the past that she would text him and check in with him. They're both from Tottenham, which is an area in North London mm-hmm. where the Hotspurs play, yeah. as you know. And um, and so now it's rumored that they're in a relationship, but it sounds, you know, that they've been friends for a long time and it's, and it's becoming more. So first of all, I actually feel bad for Swampy. Go on. Tell me why. <laughs> <You're> just, <laughs> I feel bad for Swampy because like when Adele initially was in a relationship with Swampy, I just liked that he was like sort of a regular guy. I mean, he's... I, He's not that good looking. You know, he's kind of a round, furry dude. He's a former Lehman Brothers banker mm-hmm. who then was suddenly this this segment is turning into Swampy, the Swamp <laughs> Report. But he, you know, he was a banker and then he ran this charity. I think it was called Free Water. And I kind of liked the thing that he was not a celebrity and it just seemed like they had they were sort of like somewhat regular people who had this regular relationship and that she wasn't going for like a hot guy or a right. star. But now that we have moved past the relationship, there's no better re- rebound than a hot guy or a star. Like, right. let Adele flex. Well, but here's the thing about that, though. Skepta, right? He's, here's the thing. He dated Naomi Campbell. He dated Naomi Campbell. His stock Campbell. price is high. I guess so. <laughs> but the thing about it is like British rap. Like, couldn't she go, like if you went for like an American rapper, I mean, British rap, I've always like British rap. Like it's cute, you know what oh I my mean. God. That is the most New York thing you've no, ever true, said like, in your life. I'm from Brooklyn. Like seriously, like 
British rap. First of all, do you know what like the first like British rap song was? Tell me. It was by Wham. There's a song called Wham Rap in 1982. And like Adam Ant rapped and like Malcolm McLaren started it. But the thing is that these British rappers, like you always, I mean, Dizzy Rascal was kind of cute and like the streets was kind of cute, but it's all like, if you're from New York, it's like, it has to be from Brooklyn or the Boogie Down, Queens. I'll even go West Coast or Atlanta, but it's like, why she, I don't know, Skepta, he's not even, I don't know. It just seems He has that whack. song with ASAP Rocky that's really good. Yeah. The name can is you escaping me. a little me. bit of it? <laughs> I can't. Sorry. No can do. I guess it gives her little street cred. The other thing I'll say, too, is in terms of this British rap thing mm-hmm. that I'm going on and on about is that a lot of people say, like, Slick Rick or MF Doom or, like, right. the best British rappers. But, like, they moved here when they were, like, two years old. So now you're claiming them. Yeah. No, the, I, yes. Wow. <laughs> I think in the UK it's a big story and you think that it's going to give Adele street cred, but you're very plugged into the UK I think scene. Adele already has street cred. I feel like she is like cul-de-sac cred. Suburban oh, cul-de-sac wow. cred. Wow. <laughs> wow. Anyway, I don't know. But we'll, we'll see what happens. All right. Now let's get into our first story. Prince Harry has had enough of the British tabloids, and he's finally letting the public know exactly how he feels. His wife, Meghan Markle, is suing the Mail on Sunday for publishing a private letter she wrote to her estranged father following their 2018 wedding. Last week, Harry released an official letter letting the British press have it. Harry accused the, quote, British tabloid press of raging a ruthless campaign against his wife that echoed the treatment of his mother, Princess Diana. In his powerful statement, he wrote, I've seen what happens when someone I love is commoditized to the point that they are no longer treated or seen as a real person. This is a big move for Harry. What do you think of it, Ian? Well, Maggie, it's a risky move in a way because the announcement came right as they were on this tour of Africa Mm -hmm. and they were getting a lot of good press on the tour. And then the announcement comes that you know, that uh, Harry slamming the press and and this lawsuit. So all of a sudden, all the attention shifted to that. It actually turns out that a few hours before his statement was released, um, Prince Harry was seen reprimanding a member of the press, someone from Sky News, outside a hospital in Malawi. So he had been speaking at a hospital in Malawi and a reporter asked him a question which wasn't scheduled. Mm-hmm. And he reprimanded the reporter and, and got got mad. And then suddenly this this announcement came out. You know, we've reported uh, behind the scenes that Meghan Markle has been um, doing a private campaign basically to rehab her image. Mm-hmm. And she's actually brought on an advisor from the same PR firm that represents Leo DiCaprio mm-hmm. and Ben Affleck and Barbara Streisand. And they're advising Meghan to clean up her image with the British public, right? And the American public. Yeah. I mean, this statement was kind of unprecedented because it's lengthy and it's emotional. Like he has a line in here that he says, I have been a silent witness to her private suffering for too long. A member of the monarchy getting this emotional is something we do not see ever. Yeah. Well, the, the, so the royals have sued the press before. Mm-hmm. I mean, it has happened. And like one of the most notable times it happened the last time around was when um, Kate Middleton, do you remember there were mm-hmm. some topless photos of her right. that appeared in a French tabloid, but they were taken from like miles away and it right. was kind of an invasion of privacy mm-hmm. thing. 
But Meghan Markle is suing the Daily Mail or the parent company of the Daily Mail over a letter that they publish, as you mentioned. And the um, the grounds that they're suing on is copyright infringement, right. basically. And so is the suit more symbolic right, right now? Like, or, I mean, are we, or is this really going to end up in a trial or is this going to end up being settled somehow? Um, I mean, the other thing, too, is obviously Harry is playing up, you know, his own experience with the press and the death of his mother. So that's a um, Princess Diana. So that's, you know, would garner some sympathy. But I actually also have a theory that maybe Harry could also be riding this sort of wave that's happened here of like anti-press sentiment. True. Although he opens the statement with, as a couple, we believe in media freedom and objective, truthful reporting. We regard it as a cornerstone of democracy. And in the current state of the world, on every level, we have never needed responsible media more. So a lot of people have taken issue with Megan, And I think it's because she is unlike anything that the royal family has ever seen. One, she's American. She's a divorcee. She was 36 years old when she married Harry. She already had her own career. and She's biracial. Yeah. And she has a colorful family. And she had her own thing going. I think a lot of the time the British press likes to create. They like to have a hand in creating the star power of the girlfriends of the royals, the boyfriends of the royals. But Meghan came already made and they didn't get to shape her as maybe as much as they would have liked to. Well, I think initially, though, the all the things that you mentioned were things where people were like championing her, mm-hmm. where it seemed like, oh, she's like more of a regular person mm-hmm. and now she's a princess and that, you know, she's but uh, but I think you're right. I think that, you know, she's an actress and I think she's done things that are seem a little more flashy, right? Like they so they had like her baby shower in New York and there were all these celebrities there and it was, you know, at the Mark Hotel and she flew in and she apparently flew in, I think on like a someone flew her in on a private jet. Mm-hmm. And so it was seen, you know, or even when she came to the Serena Williams match at, at the U.S. Open, it just seems a little more like someone who's a celebrity. I think also, Maggie, some people see her as kind of like a social climber somehow. So there is this weird class thing that happens, too, where it's like, I think on one hand, it's sort of like a Disney fairy tale for for like a commoner to become a princess. But then on the other hand, People have like mixed feelings about that and they wanted, you know, Harry to marry one of these like toffee nosed frou-frou people that he dated before, like Cressida Bona. It's hard (laughs) for me to imagine calling anyone from Hollywood a commoner because I really think in this country, actors and actresses are our own version of the royal family. Like the Kardashians. Yeah. Anyone who's on TV. I mean, look at how you respond to award shows and the fashion people wear, like the Emmys a few weeks ago. We were talking about it for days. You know, it's the same impact of a royal stepping out. So what are some of the things like I had mentioned that, you know, Meghan Markle is she's been trying to rehab her Mm -hmm. her image. Um, So what are some of the things that she's been doing? Like I mentioned, she had this like a PR person come in who's kind of advising her, although they've they've said that they're only advising them about their foundation. Right. But you if you've been paying attention to Megan's fashion choices, they are very apparent. Everything she's wearing is sending a message. She has fallen into the habit of the rewear, which is a hallmark of Kate Middleton and why the public loves her, because you'll see Kate Middleton in the same blue Alexander McQueen coat time and time again. She wants to be just like the people she's representing. She wants to 
relate to them. I mean, they call it like the Kate Middleton effect. She wears something that's from a department store, from Marks and Spencers. It sells out immediately. It's accessible. So now we're seeing Megan wearing pieces time and time again. We've seen her do a few repeat wears, which she never did before. And she's wearing labels that are accessible to the everyday woman. Um, She's been wearing a lot of button-down dresses that look very easy and breezy. And, you know, she'll wear it. It will sell out. It's kind of echoing what Kate Middleton has done. And something else that I've noticed is that when she brought baby Archie to meet another arch, Archbishop Desmond Tutu, she dressed him in a very affordable outfit from H&M, which is an interesting choice. As opposed to a tutu, which is what I would have done. (laughs) You know, that's been another criticism, right, has been that, that they haven't been as open with the public as the British people are used to. In other words, like, right, they didn't release the names of the godparents of mm-hmm. for Archie. They didn't release a photo at the right time. So it's a weird thing where it seems like people want more access to mm-hmm. them and they've been more private. Right. They have. And it's interesting, the difference between William, how he's so forthcoming with this information about his family life versus Harry. And if you think about it, William was 15 when Diana was killed and Harry was 12. And I wonder in those few years between them, if William had kind of made peace with living his life in the spotlight where Harry was young enough that he felt he still had a choice. Do you think there's like a double standard here where does anyone care what like Harry's is he does he have to wear Banana Republic? I don't know. That's and a great Zara question. or is he he's wearing like Saville Row. Like if you're the guy, you can just keep wearing like whatever no you one want. Will but otherwise, like where's his easy breezy look? Oh my god. Hi to Rachel Lindsay and Brian Abisolo who are joining us today. Hi, Hi, guys. Hey, guys. Nice Welcome to We Hear the Page Six podcast. Thanks for coming in. We have so many questions for you. You guys are newlyweds. Yes, yes we, we are. are. We have all the answers for you, so <laughs> just fire away. Right, so how is married life? You got married in late August, right? Yeah. 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 We honestly don't feel like it's that much different. We yeah. felt like we were married before, Yeah, I mean, to we, be honest. We've been together. I think time has passed so, so fast, you just don't realize. it's. We met in March 2017. So we got engaged May, May 2007. Look at him. May 11, 2017. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure the date I got engaged. Although it will be my 10-year wedding anniversary oh, this congrats. year. Well, see, you, got, see, you have that. Yeah. Because of how we got engaged, it became a thing, you know? So <laughs> Right. So for us, we, we, we celebrate that date as well. But yeah, we've been living together. We didn't miss a beat. As soon as we were able to reveal that we were a couple, he moved to Dallas. And we've been feeling like a married couple ever since. Took the time to get to know each other outside of the spotlight, and it's been it's been great. And you guys, so you had made a decision not to televise your wedding, which I guess in your case was an option. For me, that was not an option, unfortunately. <laughs> but um, so what went into that decision not to do it? I think just being off camera for so long, and I think we just wanted to have our ceremony private, you know, just really share with family and friends and, you know, not have the whole production aspect of it. And we just wanted to do it our way. Yeah, I think we when we initially came off the show, you know, the immediate question is, when are you getting married and is it televised? And initially we were caught up in that hype as well because we fell in love on TV. We wanted people to, you know, continue the journey with us and see the whole thing through. So we were into it. But the more we got into real life, Mm -hmm. we were 
so I feel so I don't even know if I would know how to be on TV with him mm-hmm. bachelorette style mm-hmm. the same way. So now that you're on the other side of, you know, life with reality TV, I know you're hosting. Um, what is it like for you when you watch reality TV? Do you feel like you have this like intel where you're like, oh, I know this is fake or it didn't happen like that? That's a really good question. Okay, that is a good so question, Maggie. I love The Housewives. So do I. I would never be on the show. It was a question that was posed to me. The show never offered it to me, but oh, when we were in Dallas, would you be on The Real Housewives of Dallas? Um, No. And I like to watch that in a very naive manner Mm -hmm. because I want to believe everything is real, the situations are real, and this is exactly how their lives are and how it happens. I just like to lose myself in it. Now, The Bachelor, Mm -hmm. we watch that differently because we've been through it, you know, on both sides of it. So, yeah, that one, I'm more a little bit more judgmental. I'm a little bit more skeptical. Mm -hmm. We can see through certain things because we've lived it. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. And you, well, you mentioned that, you know, your your family's at least your dad's outlook on the show or he was on the show. What was your family's reaction? Because on one hand, obviously, you have all these fans of the show mm-hmm. and they feel very strongly, you know, and I think there was a huge amount of enthusiasm um, that you were getting married and a lot of attention. But like for your actual private families, when you're away from the camera, like, do they do they endorse it immediately? Or are they like, wait a second, is this maybe they had another thing in mind for you that they had thought of? Like, how? What was their reaction? Our, our families are very old school, so yeah. I think that they were not convinced about the process. They were like, wait a minute. Even she was actually telling a story earlier today about you know she was telling her mother that she was going to introduce me to the rest of her uh, extended family. And her mother asked her if the cameras were going to be there. And it was like, Mom, the show's over. Like, this right. is actually real life. <laughs> right, yeah. right. Um, you know, and, and my, I think both our fans were on the same page when it comes to, I think you guys need to get to know each other a little bit. You know, it was a little quick. Although, when you're in that bubble, you know, a two-month relationship, which is what technically what we had, it feels like six months because you're so focused. I mean, I ate, <laughs> drank, slept thinking about this woman. And you have no phone, you have no TV, you have no other distractions in the real life. You know, you date somebody, maybe go on a couple dates a week, and you get to know them that way. But this was hyper, hyper, uh, uh, you know, fast forwarded. So, you know, I think it turns more into like a six month. So you really get those emotions out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you imagine if your child is like, hey, I'm going to go on TV and possibly find the love of my life Mm -hmm. we've been through it we talk about this i don't even know if i'd want my children to go on the show (laughs) you know it's like lightning in a bottle like the fact that it worked for us is amazing but i'm still not this hopeless romantic to think that that's how it's going to be for everyone you've seen the seasons after us and there hasn't been a wedding yet and the last two couples aren't even engaged at this point so it's it's tough. I can see why our parents were so skeptical i didn't prepare my parents well i was like do you really think they're going to find somebody that I want to spend the rest of my life with? <laughs> that's what I was saying. So that's why it was so hard for them to grasp that, no, this is real. I really do love him. Yes, I'm engaged. I mean, it was it was an adjustment. I think both of our parents were like, we feel like you guys are infatuated with each other. We're going to give it a year. Let's regroup and see where we are. So imagine she's telling them that before, and then we have no communication with them. Mm-hmm. And then we just pop up at their house <laughs> during hometowns, and it's like, I love her, she loves me. And they're like, 
wait a minute, what, what, just, what just happened? His mom slid him a note yeah. under the table when I went to visit him at his hometown that asked if this is real. Yeah, it's like, wow. is this real, oh, yes or no? Amazing. Like, circle. <laughs> and, like, a producer tried to grab the paper and, like, she tore it up right before. Wow, your mom like, is slick. Yeah. <laughs> you guys should pitch this as a movie. This yeah. Is a good romantic comedy, actually. Totally. So, Rachel, I know you're hosting Ghosted on mm-hmm. MTV. What is it like? You don't want to grab these people and say, like, do you have any sense? Why would you do this to someone else? It's so common, right? Yeah. Like, that's that's the school of thought that we come from. Mm-hmm. Why, why can't you just have this short, it should be short, mm-hmm. maybe tough in the moment, but it's, it's just a conversation that needs to be happened, and then everybody can move on. But it's crazy how the ghost, as we call them, because they know why they ghosted, and they move on. Mm-hmm. They think, okay, well, the other person can just get over it and take a hint at the fact that I've just disappeared. And that's not the case. And I'm a person who, I tell my story on the show, I've been ghosted and it was at a time when it didn't have this this term, it Mm -hmm. wasn't this thing. So you're ashamed, you're embarrassed. And so I understand what it's like for the person who it's happened to and what you struggle with and how it's hard for you to open up to the next person because you're still stuck in that place that that person left you. It was real. Yeah, I mean, if this was 10 years ago, it would've been like, well, I just thought they died. You know, now it's like, oh, you right. got ghosted. Okay. Right. It's like, I see you on Instagram. They're not dead. They're just They're not ghost. dead. They're just updating their story and I'm here <laughs> waiting for a text. Right. Well, that thing is, it's hard also now with social media. Before you could just ghost and like real disappear. Mm-hmm. But now there's like, you can't leave without a trace. Now it's like, oh, you're trying the Popeye's chicken sandwich, but you're not texting me. Exactly. I was going to say, oh, you're in Mykonos. <laughs> but that shows our mindset. Now, well, this is what like, people were tweeting about recently. Amazing. And do you guys socialize? Like, I noticed there were a lot of other bachelor and bachelorette people, like, I think at the wedding and at your bachelorette actual party. So because you were in this intense world with these people who, you know, I feel like no one outside of that world totally would understand what you've gone through. Do you still keep in touch with a lot of those people and have like a lot of camaraderie with them? Because I feel like the average person wouldn't necessarily be able to understand this process that you guys have both been through or you stay away from them and think like we we need to move on with our normal lives no we definitely keep in touch i think it's a different dynamic with me since now obviously i'm married um to the girl that technically they were dating prior so it's a little uh odd so it's like (laughs) we're not like best friends like they have a group chat going Uh you know all the guys from my season i Decide not decided not to partake in that, um, just because you know whatever they talk about, I don't need to be in there. But um, I'm definitely friends. I mean, a couple of guys that were on our season, you know, we let bygones be bygones, and you know they come. And it's all good. We're friends. They were at the wedding. Yeah, they were mm-hmm. at the wedding. So it's some not. Of them. Yeah, some of them. <laughs> not all. But of them. Uh, yeah, we communicate every now and then. I think she's close. Uh, has a closer knit uh, friendship with her girls. Yeah, I'm big on the girls that I was on the season with. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I have a close knit group of girls, about five of us, that were all on Nick season together. Mm-hmm. And that friendship has lasted, I mean, we're, we're going on three years at this point, and they were invited to the wedding. I'm not as big on meeting people thereafter. Mm. You know, I'm right. polite, we, we all went through this fraternity sorority experience together, but as far as genuine, real friends, those are the ones from Nick season. I'm just not, 
I'm just not, maybe that's a little cold. I think I get a, a bad rap for that at sometimes, but it's like, I, I'm 34, I've, I'm, not, I'm polite, but I'm not trying to be everybody's best friend just because we were all on The Bachelor and Bachelorette together. No, no new friends. Yeah, right. it's, just, right. it's just not my thing. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you guys so much for coming in today. Yeah, thank it was you lovely so having much. You. Thank you. Appreciate you guys, thank you. Twenty nineteen has been quite a year for Kylie Jenner. Sure, she made history as the youngest self-made billionaire, but aside from that, Kylie has faced some major hiccups in her personal life. Kylie and Travis Scott broke up. Yeah, I like Maggie how you said earlier in the show that it's her toughest year yet. I mean, she's twenty-two, so it's like you know, has she had a tough time? Uh, not until now. And so, what's going on? So, she and Travis Scott broke up and there had been a lot of rumors about what had been going on. I think that a little while back, right, she had accused him of cheating, which he denied, and that kind of blew over. And now um, we're hearing that it's a, it's an amicable split, mm-hmm. apparently, and he's, he's moved out or they never lived together. The whole thing, uh, it's very vague. It, it, you know, I've also read that this is the first time they've taken a break and they're kind of couching this. Although they're doing 50-50 custody of Stormy, they're not putting anything in writing. It seems that the Kardashians all have these casual agreements with the fathers of their children. Well, he also coincidentally, like every story, he has a single about to come out. So, Mm. and people are saying like, oh, it's not a publicity stunt, but we'll see if this single shed some light on on their breakup. I mean, the other thing that she's been doing, um, which I noticed is that she has, even though it's allegedly amicable, she went on Instagram, right? And Mm -hmm. she, and so the thing that I'm learning actually from, you know, being here at page six is that whenever there's a, a sort of, celebrity uh, news story going on with like younger celebrities like Kylie, who's 22, then you have to go on their social media and then they post something and then everyone parses it. It's like a vague thing and everyone decides. It's like there's more deconstruction than in my 20th century literary criticism class back in my freshman year of college. So you need like a degree to go through this. So like Kylie went on on social media and she she wrote out like the lyrics to a song. Oh. Yeah, and everybody what song? Or was singing a song. The song was Maggie Stretch You Out by Summer Walker. Whoa, <laughs> I am unfamiliar. Yeah. So so basically people are like this is major shade and some of the lyrics are I can't even read these lyrics, Maggie. <laughs> this the, the, it's all asterisks. Ooh. Yeah, exactly. What you on your last breath, your last sweat, your last dime out of your bleeping mind. Can't you see I'm bleeping trying? Wow. But then people are like, oh, well, that means this. Then it says um, you want bleep six times a week and you never want to clean up. (laughs) (laughs) That's what she said. (laughs) You think these rich people don't have a maid? (laughs) Yeah, she was in the hospital as well. Mm-hmm. So basically, she and before it was revealed, she and Travis Scott had actually broken up weeks ago, apparently. Mm-hmm. She went to Justin Bieber's wedding alone. Right. The there, last time they were seen together was at the Netflix premiere of his 
Netflix documentary, Look Mom, I Can Fly, which I believe was August 27th. So we've had a whole hot girl fall starting without one Travis Scott. Oh, and then, right. So she was at Bieber and Haley Baldwin's wedding in South Carolina. Carolina, And it looked like she was close maybe with Jaden Smith. Mm-hmm. Although then that's been dismissed as nothing. I know and people are like they're longtime friends, but yeah, everyone's friends. You know who Kylie is not friends with anymore? Jordan Woods, adding to her year of internal struggle. Right. Yeah. So number one, the relationship with Travis Scott has fallen apart. She has also recently lost her best friend Jordan. So who is in Kylie's it's like, corner? It's like an episode of Sweet Valley High on steroids. Right. So she lost her best friend. She's broken up with Travis Scott. She was hospitalized. Right. Um, we've heard that she was misdiagnosed that with strep throat, but it turned out to be something more serious. And as a result of being in the hospital, I mean, the one thing for Kylie, I think all of this is like par for the course because this is all beyond keeping up with the Kardashians. And it's going to be in his single and it's going right. to be. So I think but- all this stuff is fine. Except I think the one thing about it that strikes me, Maggie, is that it's hurting her business. The thing is that she, because she was in the hospital and because of all this stuff gone, she was supposed to be at this Balmain Mm -hmm. fashion show at Paris Fashion Week, which she missed. And she has a makeup line with them that right. she was supposed to be promoting and she there's did a like a whole custom thing the makeup artists were wearing these belts in which you could like flip open lids and the eyeshadows were on your hips and it was a huge launch so like gunslinging eyeshadow exactly thing, like mm-hmm. gu- eyeshadow holsters so yeah she she missed it and we had reported that you know there were you know millions of dollars on the line that um that Balmain was very upset about this because they had the fashion brand they had been counting on you know this had been in the works for a very long time and so her not being there was like a big deal a question for you ian yes because of all of this personal back and forth with her friendships and her man and her health do we think kylie is going to kind of keep things a little more private because you might forget that she ran the greatest kardashian son of all time which was keeping her pregnancy a secret not one photo leaked. And then on Super Bowl Sunday 2018, she was like, and by the way, here's a baby that right. I have I with think Travis there's going to be another another shoe will drop on this whole thing. And I think we'll learn more about it. But um, yeah, that is the thing. Initially for Travis Scott, I was like, oh, man. I was worried about Travis Scott. Similarly with that, I was worried about Swampy. Um, we uh you're <laughs> Adele. You're really ex. here for the exes. I am. I'm, I, I am. I was worried about Travis Scott because it's like he's moving back to his you know, place in Beverly Hills. And I was like, oh man, that his mansion, sucks. his mansion, but he's like to leave, you're leaving your like billionaire, you know, and that, you know, woman. And then she's like saying you didn't clean up on Instagram. Um, but you know, they do have a daughter together, as you mentioned, Stormy. So I guess that's the thing is he's got, he's got probably the cutest celebrity baby in. Yeah. And he's like a member. Uh, he's like a, a full fledged mm-hmm. member of the, Kardashian Jenner legacy constellation of milieu. It's time for our favorite part of the show. Let's take a look in the page six vault to see what ancient celebrity juicy exclusive we've uncovered from yesteryear. Let's check out a story from 2014 about the one and only Jane Fonda. 
Even Jane Fonda needs a reminder of her fabulousness. At 77, the actress is building a shrine to herself that she hopes will boost her recently faltering confidence. I've found myself backsliding a bit of late in terms of where my thoughts have tended to reside, not always with the generosity of vision I wish for, and my confidence has been iffy for the past four months, the stunning star wrote in a blog post Sunday, her 77th birthday. So while meditating today, an idea came to me. I'm going to create a shrine to myself, or at least the self I wish to be, the self who began to manifest when I was a young girl before the shit hit the fan, she continued. Can you believe Jane Fonda ever struggled with her confidence? I actually think this is such a great idea, Maggie, and I think I might do this to myself, actually, because I need a confidence boost. So, but I'm just thinking what my shrine might be. Mm. Um, but, you know, it's weird. I think like the last time I had a shrine to myself was like, I guess, you know, like when I was a teenager <laughs> in my bedroom, you know how like I don't, I had, you know how you had that like blue tack yeah, like stuff yeah. instead of tape. And then I had like all these like posters on my wall and then like pictures, you know, like that mm-hmm. I cut out of magazines and, and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. I had like a Repo Man poster, my New Order poster. Ian, <laughs> that's not a shrine. That is posters on your wall. Oh, really? <laughs> no, I didn't even get into my Trapper Keeper. Wait, so what? what's a shrine then? I'm confused. I don't even know what a shrine is. A shrine, like a picture of you, things you deem holy, like certain things that are special to you. Like in some homes, maybe. Wait, what? And you have to burn something? I feel like something needs to be burning on this thing. I mean, it's your shrine. You do what you want to do. My shrine would include a martini, ice cold, extra dirty. Well, I it's funny that you mentioned this because I I wrote an item um, about Jane Fonda just this week actually and it seems like the shrine thing worked because mm-hmm. that other story ran when she was 77 mm-hmm. and she was building the shrine right um 2014 and, and now actually she's 81 and i wrote this story that she was spotted there's a restaurant in new york called scarpetta and jane fonda was there she was having breakfast by herself avocado toast and coffee very millennial breakfast one of our page six spies noticed her and uh, and she was just reading a newspaper alone. And then they noticed that she actually just stayed there. And then she stayed through lunch. But during lunch, she was just rolling meetings like a CAA agent, basically. She mm. was sitting at the table and she would have one person meet her and then they would leave and another person meet her and then they would leave and another person. And during the entire time, she was wearing sunglasses. She had her sunglasses on. That is the energy I would like to emit. Yeah, the shrine I'm going to stay here. I'm going to have my avocado toast. For me, it would be a tea, but we can sub in coffee for the sake of the story and just have people come and see me. I'm still confused about this shrine, but I'm going to work it out. It'll be a bagel, (laughs) a copy of the New York Post. Yes. A Tom Ford tuxedo. That's like the oh my e- God, that's the I love e- this. vibe. Wow, this is a that would be amazing. <laughs> I would love that. Also, I would use the shrine then like every day. That sounds wonderful. What I what I can't wait to find out though, Maggie, is when we see what comes of these Jane Fonda meetings. Says her show is ending, right? Grace and Frankie is ending with this season that's gonna be released in twenty twenties. I think she's plotting her next move, adding some things to her shrine. Well, that's it for this episode of We Here. To hear the latest We Here episodes, be sure to hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any of your preferred podcast platforms. You can find more of the hottest celebrity news and gossip by signing up for our newsletter and by visiting page6.com. 
We'll be back next Monday with more Page Six exclusives. See you then.